I know the DJ. Do you? Welcome to But I Know the DJ, a podcast discussing all things DJing, music, nightlife, business, and pop culture through the unfiltered opinions of your host, Snacks, a.k.a. Snacks Keeble, powered by Dope Entertainment, and our and our sponsor, Anchor. You know the fucking vibes, baby. So, But I Know the DJ podcast. Why But I Know the DJ? A couple things about this name here. Uh, it's a little bit of double meaning. Obviously, a lot of you fuckers used to say that when you're trying to get into the club, try and get it. You're in line, trying to put your code down, trying to get a request from me. Um, I need 20 bills for that. Hit my cash app, hit my Venmo. I'm not giving you shit. I don't care if you know me. Unless we dated, you're in my bloodline. No, yeah, I think that's it. I think that's I think that's the only reason to take a request that you guys should get a pay up. I don't care if you know me. But thing is, do you really know me? Do you really know the DJ? Do you really know what goes on? Do you really know our processes? Do you know what I got to deal with when I talk to promoters, when I'm talking to management, all the, you know, the crazy shit that goes on? Do you really, really know? And that's kind of what I'm trying to break down here. Um, so, and it's not just going to be strictly for the DJs, strictly for people who are interested in DJing. I'm going to talk about a lot about that stuff. If you're trying to get interested in it, if you're trying to get into it, I can do the tips and tricks and all that stuff, but also just the stories. I'm going to get a lot of guests in here, um, a lot of promoters. I'm trying to get some bottle girls in this bitch. Um, and just make this shit fun. Just make it spicy, and we're going to have a really, really good time. So that's kind of just an overview of what I'm trying to get at here. Ultimately, we'll be just be discussing music, pop culture, DJ talk, current events, all that good stuff. Um, just a little bit about why I can even do this. Why am I qualified? Um, obviously, I'm a DJ. Been DJing seven years um, all over New England. Multiple residencies have done events with the likes of Chris Brown, Tory Lanez, Lizzo, Jacquees, Wale, just to name a few. So you already know I know a little bit about what's going on over here. Shit's obviously a little bit tough right now. Just um, kind of what's going on in nightlife in the music industry in general. Obviously, COVID-19 fucking up all my shit and my money, but we're here right now. Um, but ultimately, I just want to open up the eyes of what's really going on in the streets, behind the scenes of some of your favorite parties, some of your favorite events, and um, and some of your favorite mixes. Uh, so I'm also probably going to be dropping some of my own mixes at the end of some of these uh, episodes. Um, you know, if Halloween time comes, drop like a Halloween-themed joint. Christmas time, we're playing um, All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey for like seven hours straight. Um, shit like that. Some of the guest DJs I've have on here, I'll probably get some of their mixes up in this bitch as well, just to kind of, you know, give you guys some more kind of entertainment, different kinds of content for this podcast. So be on the lookout for that as well. Um, and I got a few uh, different segments lined up for the Potter as well. Um, and that's the, the first one we're going to jump right into it is black owned business of the week. Something that's, you know, obviously been a lot of talk right now, you know, how can we support, um, you know, the black lives around, you know, our surroundings, the black businesses, and so every week, or every episode, rather, because we know the schedule is going to be all fucked up, <laughs> that um, every episode, we're just going to highlight a black-owned business um, locally. I actually want to shout out another podcast, um, Lisa Rants podcast. My homegirl, Lisa Smith, um, has an awesome podcast that she's been doing for a couple of years now, over 100 episodes. She discusses self-love, um, growth, relationships. It's a very reflective and thought-provoking podcast. I've personally been on it twice. Um, like I said, she has over 100 episodes, so definitely go check that out. She's on Spotify. She's on um, Apple Music, all that stuff. Again, that's Lisa Rant's podcast, so definitely check that out. 
And now, so let's just talk about kind of a little bit what's going on right now. So um, summer's ending. Um, obviously, it was a really difficult summer with the pandemic. Um, but, you know, shit goes on. Music goes on. Um, and something that, obviously, I kind of study music for a hobby and for, um, at one point, work. But um, there's some interesting things that the way people are consuming music now is so much more different. And I think one of the biggest players of that um, is TikTok, right? A lot of us are on TikTok. I'm on TikTok. Please don't follow me. I have like no views on my shit. Um, but one of the biggest songs of the summer factually um, was actually Rockstar by um, Baby featuring Roddy Rich. The song's okay. I thought Baby's album was horrific. I thought it was terrible. His first album was fire. This album like needed a lot of work. It was so bad. I think what it was was um, I think people were teasing him about all of his shit sounding the same. And I thought the same thing as well, but then he makes an album where he does a bunch of different shit and it sounded horrible. So it was one of those things that don't try and fix what's not broken. But Rockstar ended up being the number one on Billboard's 2020 songs of the summer chart. And I think that's completely due to TikTok and that dance that I couldn't figure out how to do. Um, and, and it's insane how <laughs> I'm like trying to do it right now. But um, it's... Um, and it's interesting to see what songs are getting popping on TikTok. Um, when I first heard Rockstar, I thought it was a cool record. Anything with Roddy Rich is an automatic hit, in my opinion. But I don't—I didn't think it was going to float like that. And it being deemed number one song of the summer is insane. And there's certain songs on TikTok that blow up that you don't even know, like um, like then that then leave record that all the girls like. I do you do you does anyone know the artist that sings that? I don't. I've never played that record or played anything by that person, by that artist. And all of a sudden, this is a huge, well-known song. When I play it now in the few uh, venues that I do now, or if, if I'm streaming, like, place goes crazy. Everyone knows the dance. Like, people only want to hear that, like, 30-second snippet of that song that's on TikTok. And it's insane. Millions of people. And so what I read, I was doing some research on this, that now music, the music industry is just completely reconstructing the way they're making their songs or telling their um, their artists to make songs. For an example, I was reading that um, "Better Now" by Post Malone. Like, if you if you listen back to it, starts with the chorus. It opens up with the chorus. Where most songs, I feel like it goes into like an intro part, a verse one, chorus, verse two, chorus, bridge, chorus. Now it's starting with the chorus. Everything is being completely rearranged because that's that's the part that's hopefully going to blow up on TikTok or on the next social uh, media platform or whatever. Things are literally becoming reconstructed. reconstructed. And now, also songs are rarely over four minutes now. First, it was the four-minute version, and then there's the radio edit, right? Radio had to, you know, you had to keep people engaged with radio, so there was the radio edit. I think it was under, like, three minutes. Now it's pretty much the TikTok edit, where songs are just generally about two minutes long. I think um, Old Town Road was, like, is like 2.15 or something like that. No one wants to hear a full song. They just want to get the best part of the song, figure out a dance to it, and that's the way they want to consume it now. People don't want to, you know, really hear all these verses and shit. They want a good chorus and a good beat, and that's pretty much how it's going to move. And I noticed that in the club as well when shit was popping. As a DJ, if you've ever heard me play, I'm playing a song for, if it's over a minute, it's because it's the, the biggest song in the world at that moment. If like if I've, I've heard other DJs, they're playing full ass songs. And when people first hear the re when you drop the record, it's cool. People are excited. But when like if you 
think of your favorite song. Do you really know every verse? Do you know the guest verse? Do you know the feature? Like, there's a part of the song, which is usually the chorus that you really fuck with, and you stick with that, and that's kind of what you rock with. So in the club, you don't want to hear the unknown feature verse and then the the bridge. Like, you don't want to hear all that shit. And it's becoming applicable to across the entire board. So again, in the club, playing only sections of the song, only 45 seconds, 30 seconds, and we keep it moving, keep the energy high. Because if you let shit rock way too long, it just dies. The energy dies. It's a roller coaster of emotions that people really can't mentally understand unless you study it like my nerdy ass. Um, so going back to Rockstar, um, it had the 20. So there was 20 positions um, in, this, in the Songs of the Summer. And they were tallying. Hot Billboard Hot 100 was tallying all this shit. Trying to figure out the cumulative performances um, per week with streaming, airplay, sales-based. Um, from Memorial Day to through Labor Day. So these this is very recent stats. Um, and Rockstar ruled for 13 of this year's 15 Songs of the Summer tracking weeks, having taken over at number one on the chart dating June 20th after Lady Gaga and Ariana Grande's Rain On Me fire record, actually. Um, led the first list, and Megan Thee Stallion Savage, another trash song that made it on TikTok, uh, featuring Beyonce, topped the second tally. So Rockstar has led... The weekly Hot 100 for seven weeks, and this week placing at number four. So TikTok's really fucking shit up. Um, and all of social media, I mean, is really just adjusting to music and everything with um, COVID-19. I know another big thing that's kind of emerged was, like, the versus battles, which I've actually been pretty into. Um, the next one, as, as of um, the recording of this podcast, um, will be Gladys Knight and Patti LaBelle. For you young folks, you don't know what I'm talking about. Um, but they're basically two soul legends, old-ass ladies that could still get it. Um, and they'll face off live um, from the Fillmore in Philadelphia on Sunday, September 13th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Instagram and Apple Music. It's insane how Versus started as just this, like, funny Instagram thing and has gotten the backing from Instagram and Apple to get full studios, full audio, full video. It's insane how the, the qual where the production quality is right now, and it makes it very interesting, to di very enjoyable to digest and to watch. Um I started watching from the beginning where it was like Scotch Storch and um, um, fuck. What's the fucking guy's name? The guy who made back that ass up. The New Orleans guy. Manny Fresh. Oh, my God. It was um, Scotch Storch and Manny Fresh where it was just them in their studio um, going through beats. And then obviously the Teddy Riley fucking nightmare um, to now like full scale. I don't know if you guys if you guys look up the Rick Ross 2 Chains versus battle. It's insane. They had full strippers in the building. They had champagne. They had bottles. It was production value was insane. It was just super enjoyable to watch because a lot of these battles go for two hours. They're crazy long going through tons of music. And the cool thing about it is that, you know, you're watching it and a bunch of celebrities are right there in the comments watching it with you. And you kind of, you know, that's the thing. I guess one of the positives of COVID is like, there are other ways where we feel like we're with other people, you know, with, though we're not physically with them, you know, we're consuming something with them and, and enjoying something with them. You know, I think that's why Tory Lanez's live was so sick too. Um, his quarantine, um, quarantine radio thing where like you will hop in with a million people there with you. You're sharing with your friends, commenting and like, but Drake is commenting, Chris Brown's commenting. Like you guys are all in the same live feed, same comment box. And I think that's really, really interesting. And I think that's really dope about this versus battle. Um, if you guys haven't been keeping up with them, there's been some really, really good ones. Um, one of my favorite versus battles was um, the T-Pain versus Lil Jon one. Um, I'm a huge T-Pain fan. I've seen him like live like three times. I think he is a living legend. I think he's one of those dudes that won't get his roses until he's gone. 
um, there was a point where, like, ugh, if I had to put it, I think 2005 to, like, 2013, where he ran the radio, he ran the streets, the hook god, auto-tune god, obviously. And I actually thought he was potentially going to beat Lil Jon. Um, but I was just mad ignorant. Lil Jon is really a goat out here. Like, I've actually seen Lil Jon DJ. He DJs now. Um, and I actually saw him in Vegas, melted my face off. It was insane. He had champagne bottle. He gave me a, he handed me a champagne bottle. I have video proof of it. And I was fucking wasted. And he played insane music. Obviously, he has turned down for a while, which is, you know, shuts down. Like anything with Lil John's voice on it, he played. Which is obviously a million records. And it was insane. Lil John is a legend. And I was very ignorant to think that Lil John would not win. Um, so let's really think about T Pain's records real quick. So he's buy you a drink, low. He even has, like, Latin records um, with, like, Pitbull and shit. So he, he, and he has, like, some weird pop shit, too. So he really, you know, has a good foundation, good base of being able to hit all the genres, right? And, and when you think of Lil John, you think of just really crunk music. But for everything that, that T-Pain threw at Lil John, Lil John had a response. With these versus battles, it's actually really important who goes first and who goes second because you can kind of, it's more of, like, a offense versus defense, you know what I'm saying? And so... Uh, T-Pain was going first, which is, he, he was already behind five points just because of that. So, for an example, and there's this video of Lil Jon kind of breaking down his um, his approach to this. So, T-Pain at, like, round three plays low with Flowrider. Huge record. Everybody knows it. Big club record. Really tough to beat. Really, really tough to beat. So, for low, Lil Jon responds with, get low. It's not beating. Yo, nothing is beating get low. It is... It's been club record, party record. I don't care how old you are, what race you are. You know Get Low. And so that's a dub. One of, one of T-Pain's best songs that he could have brought out, Lil Jon washed him. So shit like that. And there was a point where T-Pain was like, yo, I can go Latin on these people. Let me, let me bring out a Pitbull record. I forgot. He played like um, the Hey Senora record or whatever, corny. But, you know, I, I get what he was trying to do. He was trying to show how versatile he was. Lil Jon goes, oh, you want to go Latin? He plays Gasolina Remix. Bro. Bro. I know you white girls, the second I said Gasolina, you went crazy. You were running, <laughs> you were running out of the bathroom being like, oh, my God, Gasolina! Gasolina's playing. Oh, God. Yo, you know Gasolina. I don't care how old you are. 2004, I think it dropped. Uh, I was 10 years old, and it, and it rocked my world. I was... Watch the music video. I was feeling things I didn't know I was feeling. Gasolina is a monumental record. What it does for, for reggaeton is insane. Lil Jon dropping the, the Gasolina uh, remix was a wash. He had no answer. And then T-Pain was like, yo, let me go pop. I forgot what he played, but he played some pop record that went off. And Lil Jon responds with shots by LMFAO featuring Lil Jon. Again, every fucking bar mitzvah goes off to shots, yo. Shots, you can't beat it. The whole the whole thing was a wash. It was a landslide, Lil John won. And, and it's one of those things that I didn't really realize how versatile Lil John is, the, the the contributions he's made to just pop music in general, the fact that he's still out here. Like it, it as funny as entertaining as it was, just being a DJ and being nerdy about this shit and like loving kind of seeing how they were gonna respond to each other and everything like that. I had fun with that, but just being like, damn, Lil John is really, really out here. I would say T-Pain's biggest record ever is Buy You a Drink. I think he saved that last. Um, 
And when he played that, Lil John played Snap Your Fingers. And you'd be like, oh, Snap Your Fingers wasn't huge. But if you remember in the beginning of Buy You a Drink, T-Pain sings Snap Your Fingers. Do your step. You can do it all by yourself. So Buy You a Drink does not exist without Snap Your Fingers, which was like pretty much Lil John being like, I'm sunning you. Like, without me, you are nothing. And I just thought that moment, I was like, yo, T-Pain has no chance of winning this. And I really, really love that. So, again, check out that versus battle. I'm glad it's night. Patty LaBelle. It's going to be a really different vibe just because it's, like, really old school soul shit. Um, I'm really curious of how they're going to do it. I don't think it's going to be lit. It's not going to be, like, 2 Chains versus Rick Ross lit. Yo, that shit had me in the strip club, son. I was lit to that. I had to pour up a couple of drinks. But Gladys Knight and Patty LaBelle is definitely going to be really dope. It's a, Like, I love how they're starting to diversify, you know, the kind of battles that they're doing. Um, the last battle they had was Brandy versus Monica. I thought that was really dope. Um, you know, the art for the R&B vibes for the ladies and shit for my ladies, 30 plus to still be in the club. I see y'all. I love y'all. Just stop hitting my line. You know what I'm saying? But we out here. Um, and it's, it's, it's just interesting to see how everything is just adjusting though. The fact that we are coming together, like, like an event that people bring their popcorn and drinks up for is some Apple music ass live. And it's really, really insane. Everything has become virtual. And, again, from the DJ's perspective, I've gone completely virtual as well. I'm talking to you guys right now through Spotify, through Apple, whatever it is. Shout out my sponsor, Anchor. You know the motherfucking vibes. Um, but I've also been uh, streaming. Um, a, lot of, a lot of DJs have been streaming. Um, doing DJ sets online, whether it be Facebook, um, Instagram, or Twitch. Mixcloud, which is, uh, for people who don't know, is uh is kind of like this platform that people can post mixes on. People post long format. People post um podcasts there as well, like just long format files, audio files. They created a live streaming service through out of this. Like I don't think that was in their books before COVID. So it just shows how people are adjusting. Um, what I've learned is, you know, I've seen these different social media platforms in different lights now because I'm realizing Instagram Live is really trash. It fucking sucks. Like. Just the way, like, the, the way I, when I went live on Instagram, everything was about me and not in a good way. The comment section sucks. Like, the way it's just structured sucks. It's just, you know, you cover the whole, or I cover the whole screen. If I did anything remotely boring or shitty, like, it's so easy to leave. And you can't toggle between your windows. So if you're trying to tune in, whether it be to support your friend or whatever, or to, like, really watch someone you're interested in, that's what you're doing for the however long for the next hour or so. You cannot toggle between windows and that really sucks. You can't close Instagram and it keeps playing whatever whatever. It's so like you're in it or you're not. And that really sucks. So I moved to Facebook. Had some shit really popping. I had multiple streams that had over a thousand views cuz you know hit me up on Snacks, Aggie me Snacks on Instagram, Snacks DJ on Facebook. You know the fucking vibes, baby. Over a thousand views on multiple streams. And it was better. You can talk between windows. The chat comment section was way better. Um, and just the whole structure of kind of how it looked on your phone, how it looked on your computer was way easier, way more seamless. I have uh, more Facebook friends just because of all the high school people that just creep on me and shit. Um, you know what I mean? Like all the weird people that you kind of just have there, family members and shit. Shout out Guatemala and Honduras. Um, always stay tuning in. Um so I was like, this is going to work. And I, and I did it for like seven weeks, eight weeks straight. As time went on and as COVID went on, copyright strikes were rampant. Bane of my existence. They would shut me off without any warning. 
Um, I didn't know what I could play, what I, what, what I couldn't play, um, and how long I could play it for. So in a time where I'm trying to adjust and, like, see people's um, kind of consumption rates, like mental consumption rates, their attention span, when I'm, trying to, when I'm trying to already experiment with that, and I still, on top of that, don't even know how long I can play something before my shit just gets canceled, it was mad stressful, super stressful, and I wasn't enjoying playing anymore. Beyond that, I was alone in my room. If you just watched me and, like, first, and like were able to, like, just turn off sound, I would look insane. DJing, screaming into microphones, dancing around in an empty room alone. It's fucked up. It sounds like a Black Mirror episode. Really, really fucked up. And, and, and after a while, it really kind of got into my head. Where, like, I'm like, yo, like, I'm really trying to, you're trying to put on a full show and, like, full energy, trying to put your best foot forward and everything like that, but you're alone. You can't feed off of anything. A lot of people feed off feed off others. Feed off the other people's energy, and that's how you can kind of direct, you know, as a DJ, direct kind of what direction you want to go with the music. Do you want to slow it down? Do you want to pump it up? Whatever. It's all based on how the other people are reacting. And now it's what? Off comments? And most people are just lurking. You know what I mean? They're just watching the stream, but they're not commenting. It's really, really difficult. And it's literally making up energy out of thin air. Just trying to figure out, you know what? I'm here. They're here to watch me. Because you can't rely on the bottles anymore. You can't rely on the lights. You have to rely on just your energy, the music you pick, and your skill. And it becomes really, I think it really weeded out the good DJs and the bad some of the DJs I th- that, you know, looked popping, playing in the biggest venues, playing the biggest events, were nowhere to be found. You know, I think you kind of realize who depended on the lights and the big speakers and the hype of the club that they were playing at, the bar. When you, when you kind of break it down and you're like, yo, can this person entertain me just through music, just through their personality? I think you really start weeding out who's really about this shit, who's really good at it, who's really talented. And shout out to the DJs that, you know, still had huge followings on their streams. Shout out DJ Storm had an insane Instagram live that he was doing like weekly or some shit. Um, damn, I just make sure y'all f- check out DJ Storm. Um, I got to find his Instagram, but I'll, I'll add in probably the description of this shit. But he had this insane like dance hall, like dance hall only live stream on Instagram that he was doing. And I would pop in and out. Obviously, check it out. He's probably one of the best dancehall DJs in um, in Boston. And consistently 75 to 100 uh, viewers on Instagram. And that's really, really hard to maintain those numbers on Instagram. That is really fucking hard. And he was crushing it, murdering it, going crazy. It was so entertaining. He, he's just an insane DJ. I love playing with him. I played with him multiple times. He's a really good dude to play with. And he was crushing it. Um, and I've seen other DJs just on Facebook, you know, doing their thing, you know, finding their finding their niche and just kind of finding what's, um, you know, what the, what they can kind of ride on and be able to grow on that. And um, what I ended up doing after getting fucked by Facebook multiple times was I started moving to Twitch, something completely new, a brand new platform. I, I only, you know, um, associate with gaming um, and. I had to learn everything about it, taught myself, had to buy, I think, like $300 worth of equipment to be able to do it. Um, I was running around just constantly trying to adapt and be better, trying to 
you know, let the snacks train keep going. Because a lot of people just became stagnant. A lot of people just kind of sat there and kind of waited and just complaining on Facebook and shit. And that shit annoyed me. Twitch, what's cool about Twitch is it's 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 com- it's completely community-based. Um, they they um, they allow you to, like, create your own emojis. Um, the things that people can... Um, the people that are watching and commenting can do with each other is way more interactive. People are going to talk... People talk to each other. People add each other. Um, you can friend people. You can follow people. You can subscribe to people. And Twitch pays you for the work that you do. Twitch pays you for the amount of followers that you have, for the viewership that you're getting. Um, I personally reached a point where um, Twitch started running ads on my stream, so I was getting paid. Um, I think as of right now, I haven't personally streamed in about two months just because I kind of got back onto the um, into actual venues. I plan on going back um, in a week's time or so. But at the time, at least, I think I had... I was. Um, the Boston DJ with the most followers, I'm pretty sure, from what I knew. Um, growing that out of nothing, and that was, and it was just completely community based. And the crazy thing about it is, um, what I realized and what was interesting was that people that I really didn't know were the ones supporting me the most, like pulling up to every single stream, showing mad love, sharing it. People that I've met like once going out, and it was interesting. Like some and some of my closest friends never showed up. And there's nothing, I'm not knocking them or anything, whatever. Like, it's all not an issue, but I just thought it was very interesting that that's the way people are kind of acting. Like, again, one of the positive outcomes of COVID is that people are coming together. People are are, are um, building relationships in ways that they couldn't because before you had to be in the same place at the same time to be able to meet someone, to be able to establish a relationship, grow something out of it. Now, you just have to happen to be in the same chat room. It takes me back to AIM days. You know what I mean? Um, where you find a commonality, a common interest within the chat room, whether it be, oh, my God, I love this song. You love this song, too? Oh, shit. And you guys just start chatting, and then it turns into follow me on Instagram. Then it turns into here's my number. It turns into when this shit's done, let's hang out. And that, I think that shit is amazing. I've seen it happen uh, within my stream in the kind of community that we built. The chat room stays lit. Um, and I really love seeing that there's some friendships and relationships that's built out of that, and I think that's really, really important. I think that's something that in these trying times where we can't really see other people that we got to be optimistic and, and continue to find other ways to meet people, whether it be friends, whether it be dating. I'm sure dating apps are having a fucking frenzy these days. Um, also, if you see me, if we match on a dating app, do not fucking FaceTime me. I swear to God. I swear to fucking God. Don't do that. I saw these fucking, <laughs> I saw these people adding the, the, the video chat. Um, date. Oh my God. Don't do that shit. I swear to God. If you offer it, I'm I'm unmatching you or whatever the fuck. That's just so fucking awkward. But anyway, but um, yeah, it's interesting just to see how people are kind of interacting with each other now, and and I think it's good. I think it's opening people's eyes that hey, you don't really need to be the person that needs to be out every weekend to be able to make friends and to establish relationships, and for the people that are trying to stream, that are trying to make a podcast. You know, support those friends, yo, because they're doing it for a reason, They're whether it be adjusting or whether because it's something that they've always wanted to do and finally had the balls to do it because quarantine kind of cornered them. Got to support them. Got to show love to them. Got to share it. It's free to share. Social capital is completely adjusting these days. So please support your friends. Support those businesses. Support me and our sponsors of Anchor. Thank you very much. Um, and And kind of as I was mentioning, you know, Venues are starting to slowly open up. 
In Boston, at least. Atlanta's fucking wild. I've seen Atlanta and Florida. Oh, my God. You would not think there was a whole pandemic going on. I don't see a single mask. I see a bunch of ass and bottles and shit. It's insane. Don't. Oh, yo. If you go to ATL, yo, don't come back. Don't come back, please. But in Boston, shit's moving kind of slowly. Um, things are opening up and closing again. People are really trying. Shout out to these businesses that are really, really trying, trying to make their bread. Shout out my bartenders, my security, my my um, staff. Like, shout out to you guys for hanging in there. And if you do go out, yo, if oh my god, please tip, yo. These people are risking their lives just to be able to put the roof on their head. Please tip. So some of these venues are doing shit. They're trying to add a DJ. Sometimes they can't. Sometimes they, you know. The, um, the law doesn't allow them to to throw these parties, but they're trying, and you got to bear with them. So if you show up to a, a venue and being like, yo, this isn't lit, yeah, guess what? It's at 40% capacity, bro. You can't expect it to be 500 heads when there's a goddamn pandemic. The fuck you think this is? You got to adjust. Like, you got to adjust with the, with the people that are trying to adjust. You know what I mean? Like, they're trying to make this shit work. So don't be an asshole. And when you go, understand that because... As a DJ, being doing these doing these events, I'm not, I used to try and blow people's heads off with music, play the biggest records, get the bottles out, you know what I'm saying. But now, when there's tons of space in between us, there's tons of space in between the tables and the reservations. That's not the vibe anymore. And what I notice is throwbacks are making a huge comeback. Uh, more R&B, loungy vibes, house music is is becoming really dope right now. And, and like, like if you're if you're with four of your friends at a table at in a pandemic as venue, and just having a couple of drinks, whether it be brunch, mimosas, or late night like mai tais and shit, and you're just trying to talk and have a good time, you haven't seen them in months. You don't want to get your head blown off by by trap music and shit. And so, I've been playing more of like I said that loungy set, that throwback vibe, and I think it's been working really really well. Um, this past weekend at two twenty two. Shout out to 22 amazing staff. Please visit their chicken wings. Go fucking off. Um, I played a seven-hour set, and I barely played any trap, and I really got to go to the corners of my library to be able to keep people who are really just trying to have a good time for one, sometimes for the first time in six months, and be able to just, like, you know, let, the, let, the, let them breathe. Let them enjoy the time that they're having with um, whoever they're pulling up with. You know what I mean? Because that's that time we have with people is so valuable now. So like, kind of understand. Read the room. You don't gotta blow their heads off, but oh, but still make it a good time. Sing along music I think is really important now. You know, songs with really big choruses. Like it used to be the song that you can dance to the best. Now it's the song that you can sing to the best. You know what I'm saying? Because we traded dancing for singing. We can't get up and grind up on some shorty, or or grab your homeboy by the shoulder and turn up with him. We can't do that anymore. But we can sing. You know what I mean? We can harmonize with Shorty across the room. It's really, really weird, man. Like, I, I see I see these tables. You know, if there's a table, my, me and my guys, in one, one side and there's a table full of girls on the other side, we can't get up and chat them up. And if we do, we got to wear a mask on and shit. I can't see what our teeth look like. It's fucked up. You know what I'm saying? And... So the way in which people are meeting each other, like I was saying earlier, is way different. The way in which we go out is different. Make sure when you do go out, you go out with the right people. Because I've seen people who are at a table with their table of six. And it's like 
my cousin and their ugly girlfriend and then like the roommate that no one knows and whatever. And then all of a sudden, like the group of six is really just a group of two with some randos and no one's having a good time. So when you do go out, make sure it's with the right people because then it's going to be, I've seen tables of four having the time of their lives, having an amazing time, but in tables of six being like, yo, you can tell they don't want to be there. And what's interesting is the songs that used to bang in clubs do not work anymore at all. When I first heard WAP, I thought the song was trash. After a few weeks, I still think the song is trash. But I played it at um, this past Sunday to 22, like I was saying. I didn't think it was structured for the club at all. I think it's too slow. I think uh, Cardi B is awful in it. Um, I think the beat's fire, but it just isn't like a club thing. But then when you consider the fact that people aren't really bottle popping like that and people aren't getting up and like trying to turn up and jump around and mosh pit and shit, when people are more in their seats, a song like WAP is perfect. I played WAP and I played the whole thing because every girl in that venue knew every word, was singing every word on the phone, on Snapchat, on Instagram, recording themselves. And I was like, wow, this is insane. Just... What I thought as with my seven years of expertise, what I thought wouldn't go off in a venue or at a party or an event was probably the best song I could have played. Granted, obviously, WAP is like the, you know, it's the most controversial song in the world right now, X, Y, Z, but it's really mostly just the way in which people were enjoying the song. It was obviously the lyrics, but being able to sing it, whereas a song like that in a club, like in a big, big 500-person, 700-person club, I don't think hits the same way because it's too many people. Like, it's just too many people. Like, what, you're going to get, you're in a crowd of people mosh pitting and stuff, and they're all trying to rap that Megan Thee Stallion verse. It's not the same. So it's interesting to see just kind of how different types of music now is what's becoming playable, more playable. And I think that's going to just continue changing. I think you're going to see a lot of adjustments in kind of the way people are making music to be able to adjust to that. And to, and to again, kind of my first point with the TikTok discussion, um, how they want to make music that someone can make just a dance to that I won't be able to figure out. So I think it's really just important to see where this is all going to go. And that's something that I'm going to discuss with you guys over the next co- coming weeks. As of right now, I am playing at certain venues. I DJ last night. I'm DJing, what day is it today? Saturday? DJing tomorrow. So as of right now, I'm DJing, but as of a week ago, I wasn't. I'm going to start streaming again, like I said. So kind of as this goes on, I'm going to just kind of talk about my experiences. I'm going to bring other DJs on, talk about their experiences. Some people who haven't been DJing at all. Some people who are still killing the game, whether it be online or at other venues. I know New Hampshire is popping in Wireland. Um, and some DJs have gone up there to do their thing. But we'll be able to give you guys insight in kind of what's going on there. I also plan on getting some promoters on board um, onto this podcast to kind of talk about kind of the business side of things of nightlife, kind of how they pick their DJ. So DJs, if you're struggling or you have been struggling, you don't understand why don't they book me? Besides the fact it's because you're probably trash, I'll be able to give those answers to you. I plan on getting some bottle girls in here because I know some girls talk about, oh, you know, especially my college shorty, shout out y'all, get that education, ma. That you be like, yo, I need some bread. Ah, oh, maybe I could be a bottle girl. Maybe not. It might be too hard. It might be, I don't know if I want to, you know, subject myself to that shit. I'll, I'll get them on board and kind of let you know what goes on, what really goes on. I'm also trying to figure out which Patriots player is the best tipper, which Celtics player is the worst tipper, and I'm trying to see what celebrities be in these girls' DMs, yo. I'm trying to see what's good. So just make sure 
what is it? Follow this bitch, like this bitch, download this bitch, hit me up at Gimme Snacks on Instagram, and we're just gonna get this show popping. All right, it's gonna be a lot of good stuff coming in. Shout out Dope Entertainment. Shout out Anchor for the sponsorship. And that wraps up episode one. Uh, but I know the DJ. Stay tuned, stay strapped, and we're going to be back, all right? See y'all.